Good evening, and welcome to Around the Corner, the Prospect Podcast, here at CoveringTheCorner.com. I'm Matt Schlichting, joined as always by Brian Hemminger. Brian, how have you been? <laughs> I've been good. I've been good. Uh, minor league baseball has started. Baseball, in general, has started. It excites me to no end. Um, we are recording here on Wednesday, uh, in the middle of the second game of a Guardians doubleheader. And in, in the first game, I think the White Sox committed 39 errors. Was that correct? <laughs> yes. They were on pace to have about uh, 100 uh, before they decided to start playing baseball again. So. It's just interesting. I, we've talked a little bit about the value of defense some here and there on the podcast, but I also have a piece for the website coming, specifically talking about errors and the effect they can have. And then today's game happened. So I guess I need to get writing it. Uh, yeah, it's uh, maybe that's why Cleveland's secret strategy to draft all these elite defensive shortstops and then just hope some of them can hit because they'll at least all be able to help on defense. Guess you'll have to find out when the article drops. Ooh. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, we're excited to do our first top 10 countdown of the year. Uh, we'll be going through the Top players in the system as voted on by CoveringTheCorner.com readers. And then we're going to go over top performers of the week. It may or may not be players from the top 10. Uh, if it's your first time joining the podcast, uh, we've sort of had the same format every year. But first, it's the top 10 guys and then top five performers for the last week or last two weeks. And sometimes it ends up being a guy in the top 10. But we have a lot of fun when it's someone that no one's ever heard of. Those weeks absolutely deserve just as much, if not more, celebration, right? Yeah, and we've definitely got a couple guys that people are not familiar with that had some pretty standout first two weeks of the season. Well, let's get to it then. So, well, first things first, we're starting with the top 10 as voted by the Covering the Corner readers, and their number one prospect, uh, according to the votes, was George Valera, and He's doing some George Valera things in Akron. I don't know if there's more that I can possibly say about George Valera at this point. To things I have said about George Valera are now being said by others, and so I'm wondering if I just shouldn't. <laughs> well, the only thing that I've ever got negative to say about George Valera is it just seems for some reason he doesn't hit doubles. <laughs> what a jerk. Yeah, it's just weird. It's an entire um, part of the game that he's just neglecting. But what I mean, if Jordan didn't you, work on his 35 footer, you know, <laughs> but if you look at his stats to start the season, uh, he's had, he's played nine games so far, 25 at bats slashing 280 with a 486 on base percentage and a 600 slugging. So OPS, one of the tops in of all Cleveland minor league hitters at uh, 1.086. He's had two home runs. Uh, one had a beautiful bat flip. The other one, the bat stayed in his hand. I couldn't believe it. He did not flip the bat. He's growing up before our eyes, Brian. I think maybe he wasn't sure it was going to go out, and he just didn't didn't flip. Because I, I read a very interesting article, actually, where they spoke to him about the bat flips, and he says that he can just feel it when he has that perfect swing on a ball, and he makes that sweet contact. 
that the ball, the bat just flies out of his hand because he knows. Normal guys don't. Say so maybe, this stuff. yeah, maybe like he's only, just, yeah. <laughs> only dudes say something like that. This is insane. Yeah. So maybe will, he just. Uh, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> just excited. He's going to yeah. be in Columbus soon, and yes. I will be there a lot. That that that's the thing is he. Maybe is just so strong that he hit that one out and didn't think it was actually going to go out because he didn't. It didn't feel good, <laughs> and he just hit it out anyway. Well, at his ripe old age of twenty-one, he's you know a little bit of extra muscle comes on. Maybe he just doesn't realize he has eighty-five grade power yet. But uh, I think also to be extremely exciting is he's not chasing. So to start the season, he has nine walks and eight strikeouts. So more walks than strikeouts. That is always a good sign. I, as we've been covering this organization for the last, geez, I think four years we've been doing the podcast now. Is it me or does it feel like walks when a guy first gets to a new level tend to be a really good predictor regardless of other outcomes? Yeah. I mean, for me, if you have a good eye at the plate and you're not going to chase outside the zone and you'll take your walk, that is like the ultimate uh, slump buster, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe you're not hitting the ball well, but you're going to keep getting on base. See, because... this is why I could never break a slump in coach pitch, man. I couldn't draw a walk. <laughs> well, I don't know if you wanted to draw a walk in coach pitch. You know, I got a, actually a funny coach pitch story. Okay, so we'll get to number two. Soon. Yeah, well, it's, 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 this is short. This is short. So like right in between like kindergarten and first grade, we had like a coach pitch level and they were just starting it. And the rules were you weren't allowed to strike out in coach pitch. But if you did strike out, they would bring out the T because it was the first level after T ball. Oh, no. And I was way better at hitting off the tee than the coach. Like, I just wasn't tracking it quite as well with the ball moving. Oh, okay. So I struck out on purpose, you know, quotes. I struck out and then got the tee and cranked a home run. You slight dog. <laughs> it's like the old lame leg trick yeah, in football. Except I got a little uh, full of myself and I'm running into the dugout going, I did it on purpose. Ha <laughs> ha, those idiots. <laughs> I never got the tee again. <laughs> I'm glad that ended up being a triumph story because me hearing that if you strike out, they make you basically go back down to the minors is tough. Yeah. No, no, I, I intentionally In went down everybody. to the minors to get a home run. So that's that strategy right there. Yeah, and I was I was just ahead of my time. Was what it was. Um. <laughs> yeah, you found <laughs> genuinely. You found like a um goodness i can't think of the money ball word for it under an undervalued skill oh, you can mash go. off the t and strikeouts were free <laughs> <laughs> okay so number two uh brian rocchio also on that same uh double a level with mr george valera he also is off to a decent start and he is our number two prospect how did how has he been doing so far this season he has also completed nine games of baseball he's cruising in with a slash line of 241, 342, 414, slightly above average for his league. That's an elite defensive shortstop hitting slightly above average for his league. And what do you want? Triple a home run? Uh, Not a strikeout machine? Yeah, strikeout rate's still around 20%, which is about what we've expected, um, at least based on returns from from high A and double A. 
it'll be interesting to see if he can start sinking it back down, especially because we're seeing a double-digit walk number, and his trends are usually around 7%. So He is second on the team in walks. He only has half as many as Valera, but I mean, that's still... <laughs> Valera's got an perfect. OBP of almost 500, so he's a little bit of an outlier. I, I still feel that he could be an elite talent at the major league level. Mm-hmm. It, it depends on how he finishes up, I guess, at the final levels of the minors. But yep. And, and is, just like you... In, there's, a not, there's a non-zero chance. Like He and Valera could be starting next season. We might see them at the end of this season, depending on the breaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's only a matter of time before he gets to Columbus as well, especially with uh, Arias getting a chance to play today. So that was that was also exciting. We'll, we'll be talking about that shortly. One of his competitors for the future shortstop and or generic middle infielder carousel that Cleveland kind of is putting together uh, is our number three prospect, Tyler Freeman. And there's not much to say about Freeman. He has not played yet. Um, he has started the season on the injured list. Um, I don't expect it to be a long-term injury. It seemed like he was rehabbing it in Arizona uh, with another player that we'll get to in a little bit um, that is also in the top 10 that has not yet started his season. And when he does uh, seem to be ready to go, they are going to put him at AAA. So uh, looking forward to seeing when he debuts. I'm hoping... It is within the next week or two. I just, I just have not heard a new update since early in the season. So, my, I guess my stance on Tyler Freeman now is he is a great player when he is healthy, and I start to get worried. I hope that's just anxiety. There's plenty of guys who go through a series of bumps and then play plenty of games the rest of their career, but. I've also watched way too many athletes just completely disintegrate basically mid-game. So hopefully he's a little more durable. It's not a good sign, though, when that's the second time he's had a shoulder issue. So, But I, I'm hoping you know, that, that he can get over it. And at least it, before he got hurt last year, he was hitting very well. So, And then they decided to shut him down. Moving on, we have our first pitcher on the list at number four, as voted by the Covering the Corner readers, a certain Daniel Espino, who is starting the season out in double A of all places. So yet again, another Akron rubber duck on this list. Um, How has Daniel Espino's season began? 16.62 is a number that I would like to present first. Okay. That is his strikeouts per nine. Um through nice. slightly more or slightly less than nine total innings pitched. So in two starts, he has struck out 16 hitters and only walked three. I like the sound of that. He's only allowed three hits and two earned runs. And that was because of two solo home runs. So straight fire. I remember watching his season debut and he gave up both of those home runs in his debut. And then in his next start, from what I remember, he did not allow a hit. So that's that's pretty good. He looked yeah. sensational last season when he got promoted to high A. He's picking up right where he left off, another level up. Yeah. Um, well, what's nuts was he started last year at low A and then went to high A and looked sensational. And they're like, you know what? We don't need to see him at high A anymore. Let's just throw him right into double A. And he just turned 21. So... I mean, he is very young for the for the age level, and in his 
First start, he goes four innings, strikes out nine, walks none, and gives up three hits, but two of them are solo shots. And then in his most recent start, he goes four and two-thirds innings, no hits, uh, no runs, seven strikeouts, but walks three. So he hasn't been completely perfect, but he has been blowing opposing hitters away. So I'm really liking what I'm seeing out of a certain Daniel Espino living up to all the hype. And if you were reading some of the articles about him in the beginning of the season, um, there was a guy on fan graphs that said, you know, uh, I've got, there's a couple pitchers that remind me of Daniel Espino, or he reminds me of a few pitchers. And he's like, you know, Garrett Cole, Steven Strasburg. And I'm just like, Oh my God, <laughs> stop. <laughs> so this is actually an article that Eric long. God, yeah. It, 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 it wasn't long just some it. bum that wrote it. Yeah. Well, that, the, the line that jumped out to me from this article that Eric wrote is, I saw some of the most impressive stuff I've ever seen from a pitching prospect rocketing out of the hand of Espino, a 21-year-old Cleveland righty. Like, again, like I tweeted something like this earlier today or yesterday, but if the type of guy who like points at a house at a minor league game and says, Brandon hit that one two or three times, you just call it Brandon's. Like that dude has seen so much baseball, it's ridiculous. And like... Logan Hagen is on that level for sure. And for him to give that kind of praise, just my hair starts to stand up, Brian. I'm, I'm excited about what we've got in him. Like he is the type of player, if he stays healthy, that could be the anchor of a rotation for years and years to come. Uh, next up, uh, we mentioned him earlier in the show. Gabriel Arias was the number five prospect as voted by the readers. Let's, uh, let's hear all about Mr. Arias. I think the main call out is that he is now uh, on the Guardians roster. For one day. It was a very, very exciting thing. Uh, So while he was in AAA, he accrued a 278, 350, 472 slash line. Rock solid. Again, this is a a very, very good defensive shortstop up there. Uh, He's mashing at that point. Mm -hmm. Uh, Decent number of strikeouts, but I just read you the slash line. Who cares? He's he's aggressive. He's he's always kind of been an aggressive swinger. You saw that today in his MLB debut. He was uh, making contact with the ball on the first or second pitch at almost every at bat. So if he sees a pitch that's in the zone, he's he's going for it. So I'm not gonna chide him for that. And uh, did pick up that first hit. He reached base I think three times. Got his first RBI. Scored his first run. So got a whole bunch of little things out of the way today. So good for him. He's going to go back to Columbus, but he clearly uh, looks capable of being able to help this team out at, at this season if we need him. So especially with uh, Owen Miller being on the injured list with uh, COVID um, and the hot start that Miller's been off to, I mean, we might need him. We might need Arias sooner rather than later. Which game did he allegedly earn his first hit in? It was in game two. Okay, good. Because I was looking at the box score for game one, and I was concerned that one of those errors. Yeah, there were his first two hits, or first two times reaching base were on errors. Hey, he got on. Yeah, he hit it to to the shortstop a lot today. So, you know, but hey, what are you going to do? It was first first time seeing Major League pitching. So, and he was facing one of the best sinker ballers of the past decade. Mm Mm-hmm. So you're going to pound a few into the dirt, but then he went oppo and 
got a, a nice little uh, line drive single. So another player that I think we may see in Cleveland soon in a similar type of situation, just so everyone finally gets a, a chance to have a look. It's our number six prospect, Mr. Nolan Jones. Yep. And uh, just like Tyler Freeman, Nolan Jones is starting the season on the injured list, rehabbing out in Arizona, has yet to make his 2022 debut. But um, also, just like Freeman, I don't think it's serious. And I do expect Jones to be uh, activated relatively shortly. So just got to be patient. I know it's frustrating that... uh, you know, he was our top prospect for several years. I think we got hit with a little prospect fatigue. He didn't have a great 2021 season. It was still above average for his level and especially his age. But um, it, it's getting a little tricky trying to figure out what they're going to do with Jones. Since we just signed Jose Ramirez to a seven-year extension and or six-year extension. And Jones primarily plays their base. So... They're, they're going to have to start moving him around more. Like last year, he did play a little bit of outfield and like one game at first base. Uh, he's going to have to do more of that for sure if he wants to get a chance in Cleveland. I am wondering if the front office has decided that, and this happens sometimes with guys who are top prospects, and it's not a bad thing at all. Um, maybe he's the type of pro- top prospect that ends up not being elite, but hey, I'm simply a very good starting player for a few seasons and then a good starting player for a couple more. And then I want to Chisenhall my way out, you know, mm-hmm. which in Chisenhall's case injuries to his godforsaken calves. I wish I could have given him mine. Um, they limited his ability to stay on the field and I'm not suggesting that Jones could see the same sort of thing. But at one point Chisenhall was considered a, a very shiny third base prospect and he ended up having a fine career. And that's actually one of the more common paths for a prospect. So we shall see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll just we'll just have to figure it out. Uh, it just depends how uh, how well he adjusts. Because again, third base is not going to be Nolan Jones's future. Almost certainly not. No. <laughs> so moving on, we have our second pitching prospect in the top ten votes, and that is the one true Logan Allen, who also. Again, starting the year out in Akron. I need to go out and go watch some Akron games, I think. Um, But uh, the one true Logan Allen has had two starts. He has gone a total of 9.1 innings pitched. He's allowed three runs, 17 strikeouts, four walks, seven hits. He's taken the assignment out on dudes, which is exactly what you need to go do. Yeah. So he's off to a very solid start to begin the season, uh, just like, you know, Daniel Espino. So well done, Logan Allen. Uh, He also has given up one home run. He's been slightly more hittable than Espino with the the seven hits compared to to three. Um, And surprisingly, one more walk than Espino. So uh, the whip is 1.18, which is still good, not great. Uh, it's not elite like Espino's to start the season, which is 0.69, which is ridiculous and very likely unsustainable, but who knows? Espino's that good. Um, but, uh, Logan Allen's been doing it, you know, consistently at every level. So I think that's the thing that I appreciate the most about him was, um, 
he just has not had a letdown anywhere. Yeah. I just, I'm doing some outer space stats here, basically. He has made 21 starts in the Cleveland system. He has allowed five runs once. He has allowed four runs once. He has allowed three runs twice. The rest are zero, one, and two. That's 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 such unbelievable consistency. I'm Mm -hmm. baffled. Yeah, like he's not always going to have, you know, shut you out, but he is going to give you a chance to win the game every time you see him. His worst start, he went five and gave up five. Like, if that's your, if that's a starter's worst start, what? Yeah, he he didn't have a Keuchel. (laughs) Yeah, Keuchel did that. Keuchel gave up five in about five minutes today. Poor guy. (laughs) You have ten in about five minutes. Oh, but I'm. This is another player that I've been excited about for. I think since about this time last season, he's very much been on my radar. Um, I have yet to see him pitch poorly. And that really keeps me interested in a guy like, where's the bad game? There's one. (laughs) And it was serviceable. Well, uh, speaking of elite prospects, um, we've got another one and he is another pitcher. And number eight on the list is a certain Gavin Williams. Um, He was Cleveland's number one draft pick last year. And the readers, having never seen him pitch at the professional level since he didn't play last year after we drafted him, decided, you know what? He's top 10 stuff regardless. And they were right. Because he has started the season at high A Lake County. And in two starts so far, he's gone eight and two thirds innings with a 3.12 ERA and has struck out 17 batters and allowed three hits with three walks. So just like Daniel Espino, actually the exact same uh, 0.69 whip. So, I mean, he is just not letting guys get on base. He is not giving up hits and he has, is posting a ridiculous strikeout to walk ratio. So, and he's doing it at 100 miles an hour, just like Daniel Espino. What's this? Yeah. An elite college arm? <laughs> that the Indian, so, or excuse me, that basically, the in back-to-back drafts, Cleveland took the best high school arm and then the best college arm. <laughs> yeah, it's, he's like the, I mean, we've talked a lot about the college pitchers, usually somewhere in like the 5 to 10 round, 5th to 10th round zone. And then last year they said, screw it, we're just going to go get the <laughs> the best college pitcher we can. I think they were just now, surprised that he fell to them, and they're like, okay, we'll too. take him. <laughs> ECU is a little bit of a pitching pipeline, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, hey, here's a 6'6 dude who throws hard who's already well coached. Mm-hmm. Neat. And that also, just like Espino, um, in his first start, uh, in, in one of his starts, he was hitless. So de- his season debut for Williams was... Uh, Four no-hit innings with six strikeouts. And then in his last start, he did give up three runs on three hits, but he struck out 11 in four and two-thirds innings. That's fairly ridiculous. <laughs> it is incredibly ridiculous. I mean, only three of his outs weren't strikeouts. So <laughs> This is like every once in a while, some kid goes out and throws like a six-inning... 18 strikeout game or something Mm -hmm. it's starting to feel like there's a couple of guys in the minors that have outings like that every once in a while now so the game is weird 
basically the way I see Williams and Espino, I think they are aces in the making, like front of the rotation, absolute studs. Guys like, you know, a Gavin Cole that you could just trot out there and know that they're going to mow people down. Um, and Logan Allen, I think, is a, one of those Mr. Consistent guys that you know is going to throw strikes, get outs, pitch to weak contact, and give you a chance to win. Like more of a, you know, a crafty type of a pitcher. So like a, like a three or a four in your rotation. But somebody that's consistent that, you know, you trust to still be in your rotation in a playoff series okay, or something. Not going to give so, up a game. Yeah. So we have three extremely good pitching prospects in our pipeline, and there are several more that we have not discussed yet. So I'm looking forward to talking about them as well. Same. Our number nine Guardians prospect, as voted by the readers, is Richie Palacios. Mm -hmm. And he also has uh, gotten off to a nice start with Columbus this season. Um, Not quite a ton of power to begin the year. Um, but slashing, uh, 227, 320, 364, he is leading Columbus in RBIs with 11, although, you know, that's not really a counting stat you pay attention to. Um, but he has four doubles and a triple. Uh, he's been leading off for Columbus and has a respectable six walks to 10 strikeouts ratio. So, uh, not too bad. Um, I would like to see a little bit more power, but um, I think he's probably getting a little unlucky with his bat pip to start the season, and I think that that'll translate as he gets a little luckier. Yeah, as he's come up through the system, I think he's remained a guy that you're a little bit more familiar with than I. Mm-hmm. But well, I, the thing was with him was he had it? a very good 2021, and he hadn't played in about two and a half years because of uh, he missed all of 2019 with a shoulder injury. And then he, they didn't have a 2020 season. So he was a guy, I think we drafted in 2018 and he almost made it to double a the year we drafted him. Like that's how good he was as a college bat, like just an advanced bat. So then he started at double a last year, immediately made it up to triple a and he had a very, him and Stephen Kwan had very similar profiles last year. Um, you know, guys that don't strike out a ton, that have high on base percentage, and uh, just got on base and made things happen. Um, I'd say the thing that um, Palacios has going against him a little bit is he's still trying to figure out his position. Because he was an infielder when we drafted him. He still is playing a little bit of second base, but uh, it seems like he's getting most of his reps in the outfield right now. So... And he's, and he's got speed, too. So He spoke to Fangraphs yesterday. Yeah, I, I did see that. Um, taking a look here at his interview with David Lorilla. I interviewed him last year, too, if you wanted, mm-hmm. to, if you wanted to check that one out, if, in case you missed it. I loved the interview that yeah. you did with him, to be clear. I just This one's so recent. I want to... Mm-hmm. He's talking about how he came back from the injury specifically. And Mm -hmm. he said, I've been learning some things in my swing to give me more power, like using my hips and being more efficient. I feel like that has helped me gain power compared to what I've shown in previous seasons. And this squares up a lot in terms of him coming back from a shoulder injury like that, because one of the first things you're going to do is go back to basics and make sure he's using his whole body. Some guys will talk about the kinetic chain, even for hitters, too, where you're striding, Mm -hmm. blocking, 
whatever set of phrases you use to put yourself into the right position so that you're clearing the hips and using the whole body to swing rather than just hacking at it. So that's an encouraging sign for sure. Mm -hmm. Our final prospect here in the top 10, John Kenzie Noel. And he also off to a solid start to his season. Nothing like crazy mind blowing like it was last year. Um, but he's played eight games so far. Um, and in eight games, he's slashing 240 with a 333 on base percentage and a 440 slugging percentage. He has cranked one home run, has a couple doubles, and uh, a reasonable uh, four walks to seven strikeouts start to his season. So uh, nothing crazy there, but um, I think what's surprised me the most is he has been uh, playing more third base to start the season. If we can get some additional versatility out of a bat like that, I'm all for it. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting way to rest Jose in the future, perhaps. A big part of the reason Noel's been playing third base, though, also has been because uh, a former top draft pick, uh, Jonah Ronjo, who is first base exclusive, is repeating the year at Lake County. And... So they're basically saying, okay, well, Joe's going to play first, and Noel, we want you in the lineup too because you're amazing, so you'll play third. So that's that's kind of been the gist of it. Mm-hmm. And he's, as you know, a bat I'm tremendously excited to keep an eye on as he continues mm-hmm. to rise up through the system. I'm a little – it would have been crazy to start him at A this season, I guess, but I'm a little bummed they didn't just go for it. I think it's only a matter of time, especially if he gets hot. Um, they'll probably call him up. What if he kills a guy, you know? <laughs> I mean, he does have that. I think last year, what was it? Like eight or nine of his home runs were 110 plus exit velocity. So that's, it is elite power. And Fangraphs does have their ranking of his raw power ceiling up to 70 now, which is Ooh. close to where I think it needs to be. But mm-hmm. that's fine. We'll all find out. I mean, he had double digit home runs when he was 16 in the Dominican League. So. <laughs> What did he weigh? A buck forty? I don't know, but I mean, whatever it was, he still was able to swing the bat really hard. So it was nice. So I'm I'm a big big Noel fan, um, and I think that covers our top ten. So let's talk about the hottest prospects. Would it be cheating to say Stephen Kwan? Because I mean, he kind of took over fantasy baseball for the first two weeks of the season as big a splash as he made given that he was number 11 on our list i think (laughs) it's absolutely fair to say that he was the uh top guardians prospect (laughs) to to start the year (laughs) i mean i think through his what first five games he reached base or six games maybe he reached base 18 times no it was five games it was 18 times in five games (laughs) <laughs> it'll be a long season uh, but yeah. I, I think for sure unless he really really runs into trouble for an extended period of time he's probably up to stay so. yeah i think he's our number two guy in the lineup pretty consistently all season you know i kind of like i kind of like giving him the top prospect of the week this week one last time we say goodbye to yeah. him since he is yeah He's never coming back to AAA. <laughs> Long-time friend of the podcast. Yes. We we really fell in love with Quan last season when he got hot mm-hmm. to close out the year. Because people forget, 
Um, you know, he didn't even, he was hurt to begin the year. So he didn't really start until around June. And then from June until the rest of the season, he was one of the best hitters in the system. Um, and he was just one of the top prospects of the week every time we had the list. So I, yeah. I, I saw it coming. I'm like, this dude, he, he barely strikes out. He has a really good eye at the plate. He walks, he's, he, he will take his walks. Um, and, uh, he, he's not like a crazy power guy, but he has that he is improving in that area. Like he, he hit way more doubles and home runs last year than he typically does. Um, everything got better. And then he goes all spring training and doesn't strike out. And then he starts his first like week and a half of the season without even swinging and missing. So and what's not to like about Stephen Kwan? No joke. I went to the home opener last week and the only player that got a bigger ovation when they got introduced um, by Tom Hamilton to start the, the game was Jose Ramirez. <laughs> Excellent. They were that excited for Stephen Kwan. I remember when he, when we first started talking about him, I think it was when he was in like high A mm-hmm. and the numbers were great, but Hey, you know, this isn't sort of an elite top prospect. Yeah. It was, it looked like him. a little bit like Greg Allen 2.0. That wasn't yeah, quite as fast. That's actually an interesting, but, interesting comp for him. At yeah. That point. Then, you know, he, something clicked. I'm, I'm a big happened. fan. And I love, I love the idea of Straw and Quan setting the table for Jose Ramirez all season because I I, think that they'll be doing that. And Jose's going to get about 400 RBIs. (laughs) That would make for a fun summer. He he already has 20 in uh, 11 games, so well on his way. We salute you, Mr. Stephen Quan. Best of luck. (laughs) We've enjoyed our time with you here on the podcast. Who is our Who's our next guy up? Uh, For me. Um, we very briefly mentioned him earlier, but Joe Naranjo, he's the guy that's repeating at Lake County playing first base, uh, and is the reason that Noel has been playing third base to start the season. Um, but, uh, for those of you that aren't familiar, this guy actually has some hype. Like, uh, he was a third round pick in 2019 out of high school drafted as a first baseman. Can you remember the last time we took a first baseman in the third round out of high school? No. Bobby Bradley. Ah, okay. So now he hasn't hit particularly well. I think uh, he was decent in 2019 when we drafted him. uh, Slash like 266, 345 um, with a 333 slugging. But then last year they were relatively aggressive, skipping low A entirely and going straight to high A. And he slashed uh, 235, 324, 324. So really not a lot of power, um, relatively low uh, contact. But it seems like um, he's definitely made some improvements. And to start the year, he's repeating at high A. And he is slashing 290, 463, 742. Already has three home runs, uh, which is three times the rest of his team combined. The only other player on the team with the home run is Noel, and uh, Noel has one. And then he has eight walks as well, which is leading the team compared to 10 strikeouts. So uh, he's mashing and uh, might be getting called up uh, quick sooner rather than later if he can keep this up. But sporting, I believe, the highest OPS in Cleveland's entire system to start the season at 
1.205. That'll play. <laughs> yeah, that'll play. Oh, I I love that pick. Can I? Yep, insert one if you got one. I I would love to nominate one Kirk McCarty Ooh. for a fantastic. Uh, he's at the AAA level now in Columbus, and in three starts, he pitched 11 and a third, gave up seven hits, but a single earned run on one solo home run, only walked five guys, uh, struck out 12. Really, really nice start to the season. He's been part of that the, the crazy good start to the year that the Clippers are having overall, which is excellent. Yeah, the, the Clippers have scored so many runs to start the season. So you don't really think about their pitching, but I mean, they had back-to-back shutouts as well. So their pitching has been good too, on top of their hitting. Sometimes everything clicks all at once and it's fun Mm -hmm. to watch. But yeah, and uh, Kirk McCarty just got the call, if you uh, saw today, even though he's not part of the 40-man roster, um, because of some uh, finagling they can do with the COVID lists, um, Kirk McCarty was called up to the big league team temporarily uh, when they placed three players on the COVID list ah, today. I see. So I think they called up Kirk McCarty and Tanner Tully, as well as another reliever. Um, who was the reliever? Let me check. Yeah, Eniel De Los Santos. And Eniel actually got to play in game one, the one that they won 11 to 1. So had a scoreless inning of relief i was just double checking here to see if we got to see mccarty today as well i do uh, not believe so unfortunately it, it looks like he didn't get a chance but the opportunity to hang out in the clubhouse for a double header well it, they're it. up for a little bit like Ooh. because oh, uh, it's the covid list too yeah so, yeah so, so we'll see him arias was up for a day because of the extra man on the double header but those three are up right now because they put Quantrill on the COVID list, they put uh, Castro on the COVID list, and they put Miller on the COVID list. So, especially with the doubleheader today, we need a starting pitcher to face the Yankees this weekend. That Because our rotation's messed up, we using two starters today and not having Quantrill. That'd be so pretty cool. It's entirely possible that we see Kirk McCarty make his MLB debut as a starting pitcher against the New York Yankees. I would love that so much. I mean, he's... Just real quick, the background on him. He's from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Seventh round pick. Went to Southern Miss. College uh, teammate of Nick Sandlin. Yeah. And he's he hasn't had a particularly sparkly minor league career, but it has not been bad. He continues to progress through the system. So how cool would it be if that's his first shot? Yeah. Fingers crossed. That would be awesome. So I am definitely rooting for him. And he is off to an excellent start for his season. Absolutely rooting for a certain Kirk McCarty. Um, And let's go back to players that you are absolutely not familiar with. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go with Freeman. Not Tyler Freeman. Ike Freeman. Yes. (laughs) Little did you know, a certain Ike Freeman, a second baseman, drafted out of North Carolina in 2019. Um, He has been up playing in Columbus this year, despite the fact that last year he played, uh, I guess he did play most of his season in Akron, but he is off to a crazy start, slashing 211 
with an on base of 464 <laughs> and a slugging 684. So he is one of the top OPS of all minor leaguers in Cleveland system at 1.148. He has crushed three home runs, including two in the same game. Um, and he has walked nine times to go along with 11 strikeouts. So Ike Freeman, the unheralded player of the week for me. That's an awesome. And he's done it in eight games, by the way. So, I mean, there are people on the the Clippers who have played, like Jose Fermin, who have played 13 games already. Play them all the time then. Come on. Yeah. And I also decided, hearing his slash line, that ones that are like 250, 450, 650, far superior to this 300, 400, 500 guy that mm -hmm. gets all the hype. <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm I'm a big big. I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying that Ike Freeman's the next the next coming. He's historically been an org guy. You know, one of those guys that you draft that you're, you're comfortable playing him, and he's not going to screw things up. While the guys that you probably expect to make it to the major leagues uh, continue their development, <laughs> but it's always nice to see the org guys have a hot week or two weeks is really how good of. Uh, we, since we track two weeks at a time. Yeah, so I have perhaps a, a similar picture here that we could highlight in terms of not necessarily being as highly thought of as some of the other pitchers on his team. Okay, let's hear it. Tanner Bibby. Ooh, okay. A uh, little bit of a sad story as he made two starts and went 0-1 mm -hmm. without allowing a run. Yeah, an earned uh, run. Right. So didn't allow an earned run. Only walked one, struck out 13. Really good numbers overall for those starts. Uh, just unfortunate that he only gives up three runs. None of them are earned. <laughs> he goes 0-1 with a 0.00 ERA. Shucks. Mm -hmm. No, that's a good one. Um, and for those that aren't familiar, um, Tanner Bibby was also one of those um, many college pitchers Cleveland drafted last season. Um, if you remember, they took, they had 21 selections in out of the 20 rounds. And I believe about 18 of those selections were college pitchers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and basically if you look at the starting rotations of Lynchburg and Lake County, almost every starter for both of those teams are pitchers that we drafted last year. <laughs> Those college pitchers. Um, it's like I think nine of the ten starting pitchers are those guys, and then and then like Lenny Torres at Lake County, and and then we've also got several guys that are piggybacking off of those starts and pitching like four innings of relief at a time, <laughs> coming in, and uh, as college pitchers that we drafted last year, we just don't have enough room for them to be starting right now. So we'll go four innings with one college pitcher and then another four innings with another college pitcher. So they are getting every single one of these guys an opportunity. Like whether the, the like I've seen the 20th round guys getting a chance and uh, the, the first round guys getting a chance. Uh, Tanner Bibby was our fifth round selection last year. Uh, he was drafted out of Cal State Fullerton. Mm -hmm. um, you might know a certain pitcher Cleveland drafted out of uh, Cal State Fullerton. Never mind. That was UC Santa Barbara, not Shane Bieber. <laughs> Cal State Fullerton is still chock full of yeah. major league pitchers. 
They're a factory. I'm trying to remember. I saw something that was insane. Uh, that Cleveland drafted a college pitcher. I think it was Tanner Burns. Or no, 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 no. There was... Oh, okay, okay. This is just... It has nothing to do with Cleveland system. But uh, Tyler Maley, uh, one of the better pitchers for the, the Reds, uh, he squared off against Shane Bieber in Bieber's second start of the season earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you familiar with Maley at all? Not particularly, unfortunately. Okay. He's he's probably their best pitcher, either him or Luis Castillo at this point. Um, but Tyler Maley... Oh, yes. I just saw the spelling in my head for okay. some reason. M-A-H-L-E. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, but he was drafted out of high school. And before he was drafted, he was committed to... Um, UC Santa Barbara and the Reds threw enough money at him. He decided to forego the scholarship offer and take the money and go into the Reds system, which left an opening for Shane Bieber to walk on to UC Santa Barbara and then become a future uh, Friday night starter, lead the team to the college world series and then become the Cy Young winner. Isn't that cool? Thank you, Cincinnati Reds, for throwing yeah. some extra cash at a guy. Thank you, Reds, who are two and eleven to start the season. <laughs> your your pain is our gain. It's so. just funny hearing the chain of events for something like that, and of mm-hmm. course, no one could predict it. No, universe is a funny place. Yep. So okay, so Tanner Bybee, and then let's see our final. I have a nominee, but I'm curious to hear who you would like to nominate. And then they will Um, battle to the death, as is tradition. (laughs) Uh, Well, my guy is also going to be my cupboard corner guy, so I don't know if I want to use him now. Okay. So I'll let you pick yours. I was going to suggest Will Brennan for this That's my cupboard corner. (laughs) I had a feeling, man. (laughs) (laughs) This happens too often. (laughs) I was pretty sure that's who we were whatever he had a great week <laughs> he has had a great two weeks yeah yeah so you know spoiler alert will brennan is going to be my position player in the comfort corner <laughs> um but uh another college bat that is off to a very good start just a really good uh contact hitter um slashing 405 442 568 with a OPS of 1.010 10 runs batted in um walked four times struck out five six doubles so he is just raking basically they have Valera batting third and Brennan is cleaning up behind Valera so that and he's just every time Valera gets on base he seems to be knocking him in since he's getting all these RBIs so that's the heart of Akron's order to start the season. Yeah, and he's he's quietly put together a very fine professional career. Yeah, he's been good at been every level. But exactly. Um, I think, yeah, last year um, across uh, two levels at Lake County and Akron, he slashed uh, 286 with a 369 on base percentage, 410 slugging. So, I mean, the guy's not going to destroy you with power, but uh, very uh, really nice uh, ability to just get on base and he's not going to have overwhelming amounts of strikeouts and um, he walks at a relatively good clip. So just a, a good contact based outfielder. Uh, 
he is a college uh, bat, so he's a little older at 24. You know, Valera is 21 at the same level. Um, but uh, definitely a guy that uh, I'm really interested in. So he was an eighth-round pick by Cleveland in 2019. So uh, really, really intriguing college outfield bat. So, you know, we, it, it's interesting. Cleveland kind of went from having no outfielders uh, in the system to having a plethora of outfielders. It's interesting how that happens. Yeah. Hmm. And, and they did it without like drafting a whole bunch. They just, it just seemed like they all seemed to develop at the same time. Uh, you know, Brennan has had a really nice uh, development. You know, Valera, they did sign internationally. They, then they bring in uh, guys like Isaiah Green as a, uh, in a trade, in the Lindor trade. And um, they did draft Petey Halpin, who was also a really, really exciting uh, young outfielder. So, yeah, it's just, I'm, 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 for once, you know, I am not pessimistic at all about the future of Cleveland's outfield. I'm pumped. Mm-hmm. It, it has, I don't want to say lagged behind the rest of the system, because I don't know if that's the right way to frame it, but we have been a little, in the past, we've talked about how it seems like they're unable to develop quality outfielders from their own system, even mm-hmm. when they end up being drafted and heralded as potential stars. So it has been nice to just sort of see a pipeline, like you said, appear just really in the last couple last season i'd say Mm -hmm. so uh moving forward let's go in on to our uh covered corner players uh the the way we do this is uh it's a it's a player that's not in like the top 20 of the rankings um like as by the fans or typically even by mlb pipeline and it's just somebody that we're interested in and we think that they have some potential. And uh, sometimes we catch lightning in a bottle. Uh, we get some guys that end up making it to the, the MLB level. So we've been doing pretty well with our cupboard corner picks so far over the past few years. And I've already given away my first position player <laughs> is Will Brennan. I hope I didn't steal him from you. Um, I, I had considered him, but mm-hmm. not ultimately the direction I so, to go. All right. Well, I will allow you to make your selection on uh, who you want to have on yours. Who stands out? Who Who is your diamond in the rough at? I'm going to take Daniel Schneeman. Ooh! A-plus great name. Bit. Yeah, I wavered a little bit. I said name was going to factor into this a lot. Uh, he's a fun player. The, the bat is probably not ever going to come along all of the way to make him a serious threat to punch a major league roster. Mm-hmm. But he is a good defender who continues to scoot around as the team needs him to fill in at various levels. You know, he's also played, he's already, excuse me, played 10 games in Akron and two games uh, in Columbus where they needed him to fill in. Hitting 154, 214, 419. But for his career, he's a 245, 325, 686 hitter and so the other thing we need to consider here is that this is a former 33rd round pick out of brigham young and i think it's kind of cool to highlight a guy like this who's still in the system honestly really close to living out his dream like he's he's at triple a now even if it's just for a couple of games and he's still relatively young so you never know Mm mm-hmm 
All right. A plus name. I, I've been following Schneeman a little bit ever since uh, we drafted him just because of the name. Sure. <laughs> and uh, I've been rooting for him as well. So we'll see what he can do. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of hovers between double A AA and triple A this season just because there's so many guys that they have to give reps at the upper levels mm-hmm. with our middle infield. And uh, Schneeman has been a total team player in that regard where he's, he's willing to play where they need him, but uh, he has been uh, hitting too. So. so yeah, I'm, I think it'll be kind of fun to follow around a guy like this. Who's like, while all the other prospects, like you said, are, are making their way through those levels. He's, he's still there trying to do the same. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. Okay. Uh, now my uh, cupboard corner guy is up for pitching is going to be one of those 17 college pitchers we took last year. And uh, we haven't really talked about him yet, but his name's Aaron Davenport. I was, was really convinced we were going to do it again. <laughs> oh, did you think I was going to take your guy? Yeah. So I'm guessing I didn't, thankfully. He didn't. Okay. Tell me about Mr. Davenport. Okay. He is uh, a younger uh, pitching prospect. Whereas like Tanner Bybee is 23 already, uh, Davenport's still 21 years old, drafted out of Hawaii. He was the sixth round pick by Cleveland in uh, last year's draft. And uh, unlike m- most of the players that Cleveland selected last year, he actually uh, got a decent amount of reps in uh, Cleveland system after he was drafted. He actually made uh, seven appearances across two levels and then he has started the year at Lynchburg and I don't think he's going to be there long because so far um, he's made two appearances and that includes today where he went four and two thirds shutout innings with five strikeouts so getting a little bit of recency bias in there but uh, he was rock solid today helped uh, and actually uh, he is on uh, Lake County so I was mistaken um, to start this season and um, tossed four and two thirds shutout innings with Lake County. And uh, on the season overall, he has gone six and two thirds innings, allowed one run, four hits, eight strikeouts with four walks. So, and I think he has long hair too. So I always love a good uh, pitcher with long hair for some reason. Well, just... absolutely. <clears throat> Something about the, the visual of those just locks flying all over the place while the opposing pitters are wailing at a baseball. I think more players should have long hair and full beards. Bring back mutton chops while we're at it. (laughs) How cool would that be? All right, let's hear it. Who's your guy? Jack Leftwich. Ooh, okay. I like Jack Leftwich. That's another good one. He was a seventh round pick in 2021. And so far, he has gone ahead and entered two games, not as a starter, but with those um, with seven innings pitched, I assume he's being used in a piggyback role at single A. And he's given up only five hits, no earned runs, no walks, eight strikeouts. Uh, The thing I am interested to see if this continues to be a trend for him is the ground ball to fly ball ratio. Mm-hmm. So four batted ball events so far, of which there are 17, 
10 of them have been grounders, four have been fly balls, and three have been line drives. Oh, and then there's two infield flies, too. So mm-hmm. toss a little more soft contact onto the pile. Now, yes, uh, please. He, he is one of those guys that hasn't been getting starts, but he has been getting the piggyback opportunities. Cool. Because he's made two appearances, but pitched seven innings. <laughs> yep. And I think the thing that I like the most about him is the eight strikeouts, no walks. So uh, you've, you've got somebody there, basically, that uh, has really good control to start the season. So uh, definitely like what I see out of uh, Jack Leftwich so far to, to begin his major league career. Um, and he was actually, if I remember, the third... Or the, he was the second of three Florida pitchers Cleveland took in last year's draft. I think we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. Like mm-hmm. when a team goes out and gets three guys from the same college all at once, it means I think it means that they just really, really agree with what the coaches are doing there and mm-hmm. know that they can take these guys and apparently make them pitch a couple of games without walking anybody and striking out a bunch. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, last year Cleveland took Tommy Mace in the second round with their competitive uh, balance pick, and then they took Leftwich in the seventh round, and then they took Franco Ailman in the tenth round. So, uh, really, really interesting. Uh, so they, they took three Florida pitchers in the first ten rounds. We will see what happens, but mm-hmm. I think that's a, a fun little cupboard we put together here to start yeah, the season. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how it plays out. Um, I will mention briefly... Um, we've got a few uh, transactions to discuss. Um, there's a few that happened today that I don't think are long-term. It's more Cleveland just took three pitchers from Columbus, so they made a few in-house moves. Um, so I don't know if those are going to be permanent, like uh, Raymond Burgos and uh, Jamie Arias-Batista, who are both good pitchers, but got promoted straight from Lake County to Columbus. So I don't, I doubt that those are permanent moves, Um, but moves to pay attention to um, uh, Nolan Jones started the season on the injured list. Juan Moda started the season on the injured list. Mm -hmm. Um, Chris Roller hurt his hamstring on opening day for triple a. So he he's in Columbus. So, uh, had a hamstring strain. Has a perfect 2,000 OPS, one for one, um, but uh, I believe hurt his hamstring uh, trying to stretch a single into a double. For shame. Yeah. Hopefully he recovers soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Garza is currently on the injured list at Columbus. He did pitch in Cleveland's bullpen last year, if you remember. <laughs> and what else? I think those are all of the more interesting ones for now. We haven't had any crazy promotions or any other mid-season injuries to pay attention to. We do have several other players that haven't started their seasons yet, like uh, Josh Wolf. I think he should be starting very soon. Um, but uh, for the most part, that's that's about everybody. So we'll be paying attention uh, as some of our other players recovering from like Tommy John look to, to make their debuts at some point this year, uh, like, you know, Carlos Vargas and Ethan Hankins and a few others. Um, 
and obviously we'll be paying attention to see what uh you know guys like tyler freeman and nolan jones do when they do get activated which shouldn't be too long and you know just with a crazy season that we already had four guys on the team with covid we might be seeing a lot of those columbus players coming up sooner rather than later getting a chance to uh, make their debuts in uh, the mlb level yeah and i i can only echo all of the excitement that we're going to get from the minor league system Mm -hmm. this year and I think it's really cool that they have the system in place that you don't have to be on the 40-man. So that could be a sneaky way for Oscar Gonzalez to make his Cleveland debut. Because, you know, he's he's off to his typical start of, you know, somehow walking once in 12 games. That's that's up from last yeah, year, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Strikeouts are down, though. Only at hey. six. And he's clubbed three home runs. So. Um. We will hear more of him. Yeah, we will definitely. Soon. I'm sure he will be player of the week multiple times this year. He led Again. all of Cleveland in minor leagues in hits and uh, home runs last season. So, well, Brian, if that's all of the baseball that we have for this evening's podcast, I'd like to have one brief moment to inject some literature, if that's fine. If it concerns baseball, then absolutely. But. It just so happens to. Here, let me let me begin. It's by a, a poet by the name of E.E. E. Gammings. <clears throat> Miles. Aaron Savali is straw. Miles straw. Tame straw. Or optimistic. And Greta Thunberg has ultimately cloaked straw straw. So they were. <laughs> 